Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Happy Thanksgiving, happy hour. Hey, 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 you know what? What? You're probably your family sucks. So our, your chosen family uh-huh. here at the Stephanie Miller Show Happy Hour yeah. are giving you... How would you like to have Soledad O'Brien and Harry Lippman, legal lad, at your Thanksgiving table? That would be amazing. They could take care of my uncle. Right? <laughs> Instead of your racist uncle that you want to throw mashed potatoes at, we have better, smarter Thanksgiving friends for you. Yes. Oh, my God. How nerd, nerdy was I? How geeking uh, you, out was I with Soledad O'Brien? She's an amazing it, it was person. Awkward. She really is. Yeah. She's, I just, I, I, if I could, you know, like if you, you could, you know, we have like Inca Dot for voting. Like if I sure. could like her tweets that many, I would like oh. punch through the Twitter machine. Just like, 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 yes. You should see me last night. I was sitting on the couch and Dylan was trying to tell me a story. And I looked about, I'm sorry, I'm DMing with Soledad O'Brien I'm right DMing now. DMing with Soledad. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, amazing. And Harry Littman, one of our legal lads, yep. of course, so much going on between the uh, Rittenhouse mm-hmm. Aubrey uh, um, lynching, line everywhere. not trial, right. the Ahmad Aubrey lynching. And uh, uh, anyway, so yeah, and, and January 6th, stuff is coming fast and it furious. And we feel like she, he thinks Georgia will be the velociraptor that gets Donald Trump. So uh, tune in for all the details and, uh, you know, Happy happy hour. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, have some mashed potatoes with this, please. Stuffing. Stuffing is the best. Yes. And some sauerkraut. Right. Oh, please, have my Polish sauerkraut with this happy hour. And happy, happy hour. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. This would be my legal stack this morning. Uh, yes. I and so, so I was like, get me my legal lad. Even if he's from UCLA, even though I went to USC. Let Get me <laughs> Professor Harry Littman. Good morning, Harry Littman. Good morning, Steph. Tough tough week for you, huh? Oh, oh, yeah. oh nice. I don't, well played. Well played. Oh, I, don't, I don't pay man. attention. Did a football team of Actually, some kind lose? I don't lose? either. I don't either. <laughs> I, it was my last class at UCLA. I'm returning to UCSD next oh. semester. He's still a UC home. person. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. Well, go try. Okay, here is the amount of I give about a college football. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> 
no Bruins. Sorry. Um, so, Harry, we obviously there's a you know these new indictments for Roger Stone again. Roger Stone Redux uh, and uh, Alex Jones. Mm-hmm. You know, we're still waiting right on. Um, what's, I'm sorry, I'm losing names now. Uh, Meadows and also Scavino. Yeah. Because you know we were hoping that the Bannon indictment would be the first domino to fall but obviously we're not seeing you know that's what they're saying the indictment of steve bannon has not broken the logjam of other trump advisors who are disobeying congressional subpoenas so you wrote a piece about this tell us your opinion on what will happen and what should happen okay i mean my take was that bannon was uh, you know absolutely a lightning bolt and totally needed to happen and if you imagined a world in which it didn't congress would be you know, basically powerless. But the thing about Bannon, he he's now out of the system. He's, you know, roadkill in the criminal system. We're never going to get that the information from him, except, of course, he's already provided it because he's such a blabbermouth on his <laughs> uh, right. podcast and such. Meadows, different guy, they need his testimony. He is sort of Trump's minder and shadow, and by many accounts now, uh, co-strategist for all the goings-on in the first week in January. So if they were to refer him to uh, for criminal contempt, that means he would be on a different track and it wouldn't come through. Moreover, um, he is somebody on his own said who, he's no Bannon, he's no sort of, you know, Bannon seems to revel in the in his outlock status meadows is by all counts he's, he's not rich as well, bannon is right and you he, you say uh, he doesn't want to be indicted that right. that's right. kind of bad for professional standing when you're right. in in dc so all of that says to me that it's likely that even though the committee is understandably uh, feeling its oats and saber rattling, that's a very bad mixed metaphor, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> in yes, the, it in is. the wake, I wouldn't Bannon expect Day. anything else from UCLA, I, but go ahead. Um, they, even though they're they're probably going to work out some kind of arrangement where yeah. you know, nobody gets exactly what well, they want. Just my best guess. Of can you how these exp- things play out? Explain this part of your piece, though, that you wrote about it. You said it's inconceivable the committee is considering bringing a civil contempt case against Meadows. If it could be done quickly and if it succeeded, that would be a powerful option. Meadows would go to jail and stay there until he complied with the committee's subpoena. I think it was our mutual friend Glenn Kirshner that wondered why they didn't do that with Bannon as well. Why not do inherent contempt where you hold the key, as you say, to your own jail cell? Yeah. So that well, you're more likely different. to get testimony and documents and also go the DOJ route. Is there a reason you can't do both? There's an easy reason, okay. and that's time. So but, so okay. Glenn has been talking, interestingly, about a third theory, this inherent contempt, and bring him down to the jail in the Congress. But that, at a minimum, would be the, a whole court, um, you know, McGilla as well. And so that would take a long time. The whole reason that we had all the frustrations during the Trump years is they were able to play a delay game because they took things immediately to court and the sort of lifespan of a civil action was much longer than what they needed in the committee. By all accounts, we're still there except, oh, hallelujah, the Trump, you know, just yesterday they 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 had um, they finished the briefing and they have arguments in the Trump case himself that remember he lost in the district court and now it's up in the court of appeals 
that issued a super expedited ruling. If they would go at that kind of pace, Steph, that would do it. And remember, oh, Susan McDougal, I mean, how's it yeah. work? If you're in civil contempt, into jail, please take your toothbrush. And when you're ready to talk, we're, we're here to, to listen. I believe I interviewed but Susan McDougal goes, while she had a, a monitoring, an ankle, an ankle monitor yeah, on. I think we right, heard it right. beep. She'd, sh- she'd shuffle <laughs> out. And, you know. <laughs> um, but... If it, you know, if it goes to one district court judge, let's say it goes to the guy whom Bannon himself has drawn, a really good conservative clerk for Justice Thomas, if they want to take the time, as, they, as the courts did repeatedly in the Trump era, then you're, you're in, you know, in suspended anime and there's nothing you can do. And, th- and I think yesterday's actions also sort of show it. They, they're very conscious that... They gotta wrap it up by, you know, what August, September, and um, so they can't afford. It, it would be a, a roll of the dice that, that that they could get there quickly. There's no rule that says it should. Adam, Adam so, Schiff wants to make such yeah. a rule. Ted Lieu wants to make such a rule. And if we only had such a rule. The last few years would have been very different, but we don't, and so it's more of a guessing game for them. And so, what? So then, what happens with Stone and uh, Alex Jones? Do you think? I mean, they same thing. They're going to defy them, and then what? Well, each of them's pretty. It, it starts with how much you need their um, testimony. It seems to me, and um, you know, I, I actually. So this has just happened, but I think part of what they're doing is also, remember, there's this sort of 200 people who are cooperating and then like the 20 in the mix, many of whom I think Furtick and Stepien and, uh, you know, are, are due to, to talk today. So that this round is also uh, showing them, hey, we will subpoena you. I, I, I think you're right. They're likely to be completely uncooperative. But they don't have any very, you know, for what they're being asked, they don't have executive privilege claims. So that, that's one other point that's in the op-ed. We don't know what caused DOJ to pull the trigger on this, and it was a very unusual move. But part of it might have been that Bannon had no executive privilege claim yeah, on the stars, okay. unlike Meadows. Yeah. Where are Stone and Powell oh, in, in that setting? They're more, they're more Bannon types. Right. So, you know, we keep saying, like, you know, for those of us that have been saying for how many years, we've got him. We've got him now. (laughs) Um, Michael Cohen has implicated Ivanka and Don Jr. in crimes while predicting more indictments are coming. He said there's quite a few people who were involved. Eric Trump, obviously, Alan Weisselberg, who's already under indictment. Don Jr., Ivanka. There are a slew of people who were involved in this. Is Um, he talking specifically about January 6th? No, I I believe Michael Cohen's talking about New York. This is what I'm kind of going, which is the one that we're not going to be looking at that's going to get him? Is it yeah. this? Because to me, that seems quite obviously clearly illegal, undervaluing properties all over the world wildly for taxes and then wildly inflating it for uh, loans, right? I mean, is that yeah. how and, serious? And it's pretty clear they did it, but can they get to them? Roads seem to leave through, through Weisselberg, uh, he, you know, and he seems ready to do time, the 74-year-old you know, guy yeah. that, that he is. But that one has to hurdle to a conclusion soon because Cy Vance Jr., who runs the office, has already announced he's out next. Are we November now? Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's out in, right. in, you know, five weeks, and he wants to make those final decisions. But right now, I think he's got, and what, and what Michael's talking about, he's got some a good, 
stuff on the Trump organization, that's not the same as Trump. The sleeper case here, if we're being, uh, you know, if indulging in black humor and, and playing Trump indictment poker, is um, Fulton County. Because yeah. that's a freestanding, yeah. clean case with really exceptional evidence. It's, the you know, an hour and a phone call to the Secretary of State yeah. that the Secretary of State uh, taped and that Trump is shaking uh him down and you have oh look this is helpful this morning in my morning stack mark meadows used his private gmail account to pressure georgia officials to undo trump's loss oh that seems helpful in an evidentiary sense doesn't it counselor i think so okay all right and illegal besides right yeah it's just you know there isn't what uh, just yesterday that we're what we're over a year past the administration we found out about two or three they they operated it was a complete organized criminal continuing criminal enterprise how so yeah no surprise there and but that goes back to what i was saying about meadows meadows is you know i'm i'm trying he's hauled him in an ehrlichman or 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 whatever and having him funneled into the criminal justice system would be a loss yeah and his lawyer is saying they want to play ball though i'm sure they're offering you know, written answers, not under oath, and that kind of thing. And, you know, he has to be under oath. Um, so how unusual is this the RNC is paying Trump's legal bills for this, the financial stuff and before he was president? I mean, it, I, I guess we should be happy politically that they've just tied themselves. Uh, Rona McDaniel has embraced Trump as the future of the party. She recently said if he left the GOP, we would lose. So, I mean... But that's highly unusual, isn't it, for them to pay his legal bills for his well, financial well, course, crimes before he was is, running, even running? The guy has millions of dollars in legal bills every month that he normally doesn't pay, which makes right. it harder to get uh, good representation. I, you know, the ins and outs of can't there, there are times when a campaign can pay and times when it can't. I wouldn't be at all surprised if we are on the line or over it. You know, we just found out among the the five indicted yesterday. That so so, um, uh, you know, Stone is the is one of the two well known ones. But we have two people who are financing one guy who's who's Trump's current spokesperson who's doing something for a two hundred thousand dollar donation for what advertising yeah. advertising for the January sixth rally. This is way too big costs way too much money, takes way too much logistics, it seems to me. If you know, if you have a sense of the three percenters and the Proud Boys, they are not high rollers, they're not financial whizzes, and it seems that the committee is on to information, that they got help, and that that is the people who are in in the shadows between the three percenters and the Trumps of the world. Sorry, go ahead, Harry, before we got to get to the, um, uh, you know, Ahmaud Arbery lynching, let's just say it like it is. Um, Uh Obviously, we're still, you know, reeling from the disappointment of vigilante justice getting the thumbs up in the Rittenhouse trial. But you said first thing you're taught in trial lawyer school is not to over-assert in your opening, i.e. not to say things the evidence won't show. Uh, Example, there's a probable cause to believe Arbery had committed a crime. Defense is now caught in that trap. Will the jury remember and how will it dig out? Um, you also said Prosecutor uh, Linda um, Dunaskowski tells jurors this morning that what uh, McMichaels and Brian Jr. did was no citizen's arrest. They speculated Arbery committed a crime, but they did not see a crime occur. And to conduct a citizen's arrest, one must see a crime in progress, not speculate. Mm-hmm. And you finally said, here's a, a here and not guilty verdict. It would be perilously close to sanctioning a new open season for lynching in Georgia. This case seems so clear to me. 
I, I, that I just can't. First of all, they didn't even say they're making a citizen's arrest. Right. They had no right to make a citizen's arrest. They, you know, asked him three times. Three times he said, I don't want to talk to you. I mean, I don't know how else. And it seems to me the prosecutor um, is doing a very good job. What is your take on what's going to happen there? Yeah, so she is, meth- she really is splendid. She's methodical, but she, which is all the first thing for a prosecutor because you've got to cover all bases. Anything could be the reasonable doubt. But she's organized. She's down to earth. You know, if any, she's all. You know, got has a folksy quality. She's occasionally showing flashes of outrage and passion. She's really, really solid. But look, there are seven charges. They're a little complicated. You know, from felony murder down, different kinds of intent. Yeah. And I'm always. We're not in the room, and. You know, I don't I don't want to to pretend to have seen all the evidence. But, yeah, it seems that way to me, too, from the from the start. The first encounter, it's a joke to say that it's a citizen's arrest. And if they if they somehow could skate by on that, then then we really are saying, you know, and vigilante, you know, Rittenhouse, I've taught I understood the verdict better, but. There, there, it is a kind of sanction of vigilantism, mm-hmm. and with every all the other crap afoot in the in the country, and how it plays into you know and also gun this rights and rage protecting a, of property that it's in a bad, bad, yeah. bad. Right, deal, it's this protecting know? of property in the Rittenhouse case. No one asked him to protect effing anything, right. and in the Aubrey case, he did, wasn't stealing anything or doing anything. Like I, you know, you got to grab a shotgun and chase a guy because you, you know. You think he might have stopped? I mean, it's just the whole thing is, is you know, you, the mind reels about three black guys, you know, you know making a citizen's I mean, that, arrest look, of a white that, guy running, the, running through their neighborhood, right? I mean, that, it's... Right, that's the, that's the theme that people are tiptoeing about, but Rittenhouse people said repeatedly, look, just do the thought experiment where he's a black 17-year-old and, yeah. Does, you yeah. know, and are, are, they, are they giving him sandwiches and thanking him? Oh. And now do the thought experiment. You know, it, yeah. it's, it's obvious that... Even trying to credit this community, the the sense of of this guy's got to be a criminal. And did you hear about this morning? His bad, his not wearing socks. No, I was just going to say quickly because we're running way late. Oh, Harry, is yeah, is this prosecutor deliberately trying to get a mistrial between the inflammatory no more black no, pastors? No, no, that was and, a defense attorney. Who yeah, said that was that. defense. Well, right, but I mean, what's the other the, about the dirty toenails and whatever? I mean, I know That's there's a defense but, attorney but there's basically been, saying, but there's been speculation right. that they're trying to get a mistrial because they think it's not going well for them. Yeah, what but do you, you think? Can't, well, same principle as applies to their defendant apply to them you can't m- create your own mistrial but yes look normally it, a um you, we we have some information that they may have done overtures for a plea it isn't going well and in general a defense will welcome a mistrial because they'll have a better right. shot the second time around knowing the prosecutor's playbook yeah yeah oh yeah all right as oh, i've yeah, said yeah, before yeah. to all of you that have devoted your life to this the law is dumb but thank you for coming on to talk about it with us. And uh, we, yeah, no, it's a it's a sober time. If these two, if these twin verdicts come out that way, it's it's yeah. really you know scary. Open season on people you don't like, you don't agree with, yeah. right? Yeah, and especially and with and and by the way, take for open season. Here's your AR-15. You know, use yeah. it mm-hmm. safely. Yeah, yeah. Harry, thanks so much. Get, get out of enemy territory back. now. Get back to San Diego where you belong. Bye, bye, bye. I'm All back. Right. I'm All back. Right. I'm back. Okay. <laughs> All right. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. 
Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. She is multiple Emmy Award winning. She is a legend. Soledad O'Brien joins us now. All right, I freaked out. Hi, hi, legend. Hi. I like that. Oh, legend hi. sounds a little old, though. I might, you know, legend. <laughs> legend is like you, you win some legend thing literally three years before you there. I was. Memorial, so. I loved a while ago when you said someone introduced you as formerly uh, from CNN. You're like, can we move on? I, oh. <laughs> I'm so in that. You know, so funny with productions. young people today. Now this sounds old, but young people today, someone will say, you worked at CNN? Oh. <laughs> like a whole other life. Yeah. They only know me through like, Twitter and Instagram, which we I kind of love. We were saying we've met, and I'm like, when someone says, you know, I was on your yeah. show, I'm like, you'll have to be more specific about which right. canceled show right. you mean. But it's probably 20 years ago, right? We've, yeah. We met somewhere. Uh, yeah. Yep, exactly right. Well, we've both been in this for a minute, so at some yeah. point you're like. Yeah. Oh, as Mark Levin always says about me, I've been up and coming for 20 years. <laughs> Bastard person. My point, Soledad, is that you have an amazing documentary. HBO uh, debuted uh, today. It's today and tomorrow, right? HBO and HBO Max. Yeah. And yeah. I've seen clips. tonight. Yeah, but I've seen clips of it. It is amazing. It is called Black and Missing. Focuses on all the missing people of color whose stories go untold and uncovered. Um, I, if I could like all of your tweets a thousand million times, I would. Like, is there something right. beyond like? But um. <laughs> Because you're just, but again, this is something that, it's become a joke, you know, missing white lady syndrome, but it's not a joke. To, and, and you show these real people and these real families. Just talk to us a little bit about the whole idea and the process of doing this. Yeah. One of the things that was sort of very surprising for me in the documentary, um, in the this, this second episode, uh, a, new, a former news president, we're, we're interviewing uh, Dateline is doing a story on uh, missing white woman syndrome. Mm-hmm. And right. uh, they, they sit down with the, the news president of NBC who says, race is not a factor in how these stories are covered. And you literally like, you just want to fall out of your chair, right? Because yes. it's it's so obviously a factor. In fact, I, I think most people would agree. I don't think that's a particularly controversial statement. People understand it. And, 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 and you think, well, if you're the news president and you literally do not believe what the data clearly shows that black people and people of color yeah. don't get the coverage and you run the place, right? Like yeah. this is this is a bit of the problem. And so, yeah, you know, we wanted to really examine uh, what Gwen Eiffel would call the missing white woman syndrome, which is not yeah. just that news organizations go crazy when there's yeah. a young, attractive, usually blonde white woman who's yeah. missing. And by the way, a horrible tragedy for any family that's missing a person. I I, I used to think like I can't imagine how a parent gets up in the morning. You know, I mean, just yeah. it's the most horrific thing. My but best, there's a whole my, bunch of other people. My best friend when I was growing up is still missing. She, I mean, oh, she yeah. went missing when we were like 21 or something, and oh. has never. So I know what you mean about there, there's a special pain 
Oh. Just someone that there's no resolution, no resolution. I cannot imagine how you live with a, a, a gaping wound. And even if it's, you know, closure, there's no closure, obviously. But I, I think that same gaping wound exists for people who are missing loved ones, but no one seems to care. The media doesn't want to cover it, that, that their loved one, because they're not white and young and pretty, uh, they're young and pretty and black, girls of color often, um, just the media doesn't think that that's much of a story. And so race is a factor in that coverage. I, I think um, someone said to me when we started working on this doc um, with the Gabby Petito case, like, oh my gosh, the timing is amazing. And, and we've been doing this for doc for three years, we've been working on it. So it's, it's sadly, it's always good timing, right? We could, Lacey Peterson, yeah. Elizabeth Smart, Natalie Holloway, I mean, all horrific, heartbreaking stories that deserved a ton of attention, but it is a zero sum game. And when you have this syndrome, which is not just the news organizations going crazy, but also people inspired, right? To go leave their homes and fly to Aruba and look for Natalie Holloway, which was incredible. I mean, yeah. I know the parents were just so incredibly grateful. It's so painful to the families who feel like, why does no one care about my loved one? Because we live in a, a poor community, because she's not attractive to you, well, that she you don't think she has value. So I didn't I mean right away you know, I'm marinated in the news, so then I didn't know until your special that cases involving missing black people remain unresolved four times longer mm-hmm. than, than white statistics. missing white people. I mean that that's really quite stunning. Yeah, and I think it's a combination, right? I mean, the women of Black and Missing, the women who run the foundation would say community needs to be more active and more aggressive, that law enforcement needs to move faster. You know, if you label someone a runaway, suddenly we're less interested in looking for them, right? If I say, hey, well, here's here's Jane Doe, she's run away, you think, okay. But, if but you, you make the point in the documentary start- that there's that presumption by the police yeah, when it's a exactly, person of color exactly. that, oh, they must be a runaway. And law enforcement is often very slow or sometimes even reluctant to really dive in and look for these uh, young women and men sometimes. Uh, And then also, you know, again, the media just doesn't give it the coverage. And so you have this kind of vicious cycle of those stories just go untold, even as family members are advocating. So what they decided to do at the Black and Missing Foundation was use their background in PR and in law enforcement to actually help families figure out how to navigate the system, what photo to use, what to wear on the air, what things to ask for, how to talk to the news media, how to get PR, um, how to do a missing poster. I mean, you think about it, you're like, well, wow right? You wouldn't necessarily know if you if you didn't actually know. And so they've been incredibly helpful to the families who are trying to navigate yeah. in a terrible time. There's a part that you, you know, cover in there that I just, it, it just like further heartbreak on top of heartbreak. You talk, distraught families frequently plead with those responsible. They just want to bring their loved one home to bury them. This sometimes involves making deals with the devil in which their loved one's killer receives a reduced sentence in exchange for revealing where they disposed of the remains. Um I don't know if you remember, my, Christopher Wilder was the serial killer. My friend was the first woman to go missing, and then he was killed in a shootout. So some of these families, some of the girls, including my friend, are still missing, so they'll never get that closure. But it, it really, what an awful like pain on top Horrific. of the original threat when you finally Horrific. have to come to they're probably dead and then have to go through that again right i mean it's yeah it's it's horrific and and you know again closure was a word i had to stop using because the family members would very kindly but kind of exhaustingly tell you like there's no closure even if you even if you are able to get the location of your loved one's body i mean it's not closure it's just maybe you you now are a step closer to feeling like you have um 
you know, some understanding and some some peace for the person uh, who you're burying finally. But I, I, you know, it's 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 absolutely horrible. And these families deserve the same intensity of search as everybody does. Um. I frequently feel like I am in a threesome with you, me, and uh, Eric Bollert. Everything you say, you are here, you retweet him, and then I'm like, yes, 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 yes. There is but- a point where you feel like you're stalking someone. You're like, I, literally, I just like you. I am not, like, I'm not tripping over into the crazy. I need to block you now because it's too much. Obsessed with the new puppy. I've just, everything about you. I'm like, what? But, you know, you do do the, like, that amazing work that Eric Bollert does, too. You know, it's just, have, and also, you know, you've been obviously on both sides, but in terms of media criticism, you're my pet peeve, Chuck Todd, this last week, and you were like, Chuck Todd is just not good at his job. <laughs> I was like, yes, yes, because it's just what has happened. So to journalism, there's never a follow-up question. There's never a, you know, he let some Republican senator get away with saying the Rittenhouse victims, oh, well, they were violent criminals that were all armed too. And it's like, no, no paper, plastic bag, skateboard. Do a little bit of like, pushback it's or something so sad isn't it yeah it's such a it's 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 actually so painful for me um sometimes that i i i only you know i'll retweet eric because i'm almost like i just can't get involved dan broomkin too is very good Margaret yes. sullivan mm-hmm. as well like they all You yeah. did. She did. Oh, that was fantastic. You dropped an F bomb. We had to dump you. Oh, that was you're, fun. You're yeah. so special. I need Yay. the publicity. Okay. I'm, I'm a, sorry. I'm okay. such a, I, I, my mom is a big cursor, too. So. <laughs> the video feed will love it. Although, you know, she was English was not her first language, so she would curse totally wrong all the time. That's awesome. <laughs> Even better. I have to tell her, like, that's, you can't use you can't use that word that way. Like, that makes no sense. You're like, I'm not even anyway. sure the FCC but covers those that. Those are other people who do. Yeah, there are other people who do really thoughtful analysis. And and yeah, that is the problem, right? I think because media, especially our political media, you know, when you frame something as a game and you don't think of it as particularly important or even that there are people, like I think part of my issue and that I find so disappointing is that I do so much coverage of like human beings. So however you feel about something, right? Human beings are are impacted by by these stories, by these policies. And yeah. it's been very disappointing that many people just think of it as like a football game. Yeah, I, you said, I fear our nation's political reporters are not up to the challenge. We see them fail daily. I try to point out those who fail regularly. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, it, it's because I feel like it's, I, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills all the time when we have just watched the near overthrow of the United States government. So there's that. There is an ongoing coup. There is a pandemic that, you know, the last administration, it appears to me they willfully, you know, killed tens of, it just, it cannot be a more critical time for journalism to get it right, could it? You know, even more basic than that, if someone lies to you, right, if someone yeah. cannot tell you who is president of the United States, if someone is lying to you, you just don't put them on air, right? The point, the yeah. goal of media for me is you're supposed to help inform people and educate them and explain things, right? So that's a pretty interesting mission, you know, and that literally means that if someone who's coming on, listen, and politicians spin and they'll stretch and they'll lean into it, but, but someone who is an overt liar does not deserve to be on the air. Yeah. And the media has not figured out yet how to handle the rehabilitation of some folks who do really awful, very dishonest things and, and who admit it, right? And then actually continue on uh, and get invited back to now become commentators it's 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 really pathetic and i think it's because media is really competing with social media 
And so this idea of informing, explaining, uh, it's not that anymore. It's these little short nuggets of, you know, in a nutshell, let me, in a nutshell, here's what Build Back Better means in, in yeah. 50 words or less. Well, that's not how it's supposed to work. Well, I mean, yeah, I just, I love your Twitter heckling because it's really the greatest. You, um, <laughs> Trump's communication, speaking of bookings, Trump's communications directors who heartlessly spread COVID misinformation and muzzled the CDC as the White House slaughtered hundreds of thousands of people, um, you know, and you just said, hey, congrats for, uh, to, for, to CNN for this amazing booking. Um, <laughs> just, the access journalism is just, I, 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 it's literally killing us. the issue, right? You want to talk about, there's so many great experts on COVID. Yeah. There are t- you want to talk to a Republican if you feel like, wow, yeah. we've had too many Democrats on. Let's go ahead. There are Republicans who are also able to talk factually about issues. You don't have to put people on and elevate them who are known, admitted liars who come on in the efforts to rehabilitate themselves with having done no work about it. Right. It's not, you know. For the last 15 years, they've been doing X, Y, and Z. It's very disappointing. I mean, I I'm, mean just, I'm just woefully disappointed. You retweeted Sam Stein, said, Some fears from Dems here that unless the White House can penetrate conservative-leaning media, the Biden-led sales pitch around his agenda will be fruitless. And you said in part because the mainstream media doesn't actually do a good job covering it. I loved, was it yesterday? Biden- yesterday, you tweeted, you know, the CEO of Walmart thanks Trump for, or excuse Trump, oh my God. Oh God. No. Biden for solving yeah, yeah. the supply, helping, you know, solve the supply chain thing. Oh, never mind, the shelf are stocked and you know you i think yesterday you were like hey where's all my inflation reporters at y'all like <laughs> you know it's just i right, mean they don't exist right, right. because the, the when wolf blitzer who is a very nice man yeah. i like wolf a lot he is a good, good human being but when he tweets about high gas prices yeah. it's literally the equipment at one particular station in washington dc which everybody knows is the station that's right near the car return place mm-hmm. and that's right near you know where the tourists go yeah. that is literally the equivalent of me standing in Times Square saying, can you believe they need $35 for this t-shirt? You'd be like, well, why the hell are you in Times Square? Of course it's 30 like, Why are you buying a gallon of milk in Times Square? Why are you buying anything in Times Square? It's, it's for tourists. But, but that's, that's willful, right? Like, yeah. He knows that. Anybody in D.C., I'm not from D.C., and even I know it. So everybody in D.C. knows that. And so then you're doing the social media thing, right? You're grabbing a snapshot. Yeah. And not very honestly, Yeah highlighting it and pointing out a thing that actually, you know, is not really factually true. Yes, that particular one, but it's not indicative of gas prices. And so it's just it's just deceptive, I, I think. And again, yeah. he's a good guy, but the media has become really he's not the only one that 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 lean into this sort of, you know, bull creation uh, yeah. in order to push a story and push a narrative. And it's just very disappointing. And I do miss him saying, and now here's Soledad O'Brien. Don't mention how hot she is. That would be sexist. Oh, stop okay. It. I'm just, I'm thinking it was his thought bubble. Okay. No. <laughs> I used to love how uncomfortable Jack Cafferty made him. <laughs> <laughs> but so I, it's, the root of it is that both sides do it, right? Like when we have one congressman literally tweeting a thing, him slaughtering his colleague, it's just they let them get away with Republicans going, oh, well, Democrats do it too. Kevin McCarthy, oh, both sides. It's like, no. You tell me the examples of Democrats threatening to kill Republicans. It's yeah. Again, I think it's when you frame it as a game, then you know they did this and they did that. 
this to the, you know, and you don't think of it in terms of how do I explain this behavior by this particular congressman? Because then I don't actually have to compare it to anybody else. I can just talk about this one person who said or did this one particular thing, because again, my mission, my agenda is to actually explain why people do what they do to my audience, help them understand what's going on. It, it, why did he threaten that? Who is this congressperson? Let's explain it. And the other thing I think that's problematic is people feel like, well, you know, we have to cover the story. And yes, obviously, there are lots of stories that require coverage, I think, if you're going to do a good job. But there's no rule. There's no handbook that says, listen, you get, you have to give an open mic to a congressperson or an elected official yeah. who's been deceptive and dishonest that everyone yeah. would agree they lied about this thing. Well, Kellyanne Conway should never have been invited back on anybody's newscast thank after you. she talked about alternative facts. Right. And, and Thank you. And Chuck Todd himself, he didn't say, oh, my gosh, well, you know, here on Meet the Press, the storied Meet the Press, we, we don't deal in alternative facts. We only yeah. deal in facts. And so yeah. if you're not going to deal in facts, then I'm going to have to ask you to leave the show. Well, Thank like you, you just the CNN that. headline, Rittenhouse is a latest example of a nation divided on guns, crime, and protest. And you said actually polling would disagree with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Polling I mean, would disagree with it. Not divided at all. Overwhelmingly, people right. actually don't think that we're divided on guns. It's just not true. So, you know, again, it's it's sort of the gun equivalent of driving to the, the, the Times Square gas station, right? Like, it feels a certain way. Look at these prices. It feels because people are yelling. It's the equivalent of having an epidemiologist on to talk about COVID and also, you know, an angry mom. But yeah. guess what? You yeah. could hear from them, but they don't get the same platform and they don't get the same framing. It's one of the reasons we do a lot on my show, Matter of Fact, about uh, science and NASA. We, we have NASA scientists on a lot. And I don't have a flat earth person on after yeah, like, thank you thank you dr jones now let's go to bob he doesn't believe in space uh. <laughs> okay listen yeah. let's cut to the chase the do, do you want to host meet the press because the steph heads are very much behind this movie so. yes yes <laughs> yes tell yes, me yes, now yes, if you want don't. it and i while i appreciate your efforts i you know what i now uh I, i'm about to launch a radio show and i now am doing matter of fact And I like doing a very limited amount because I get to executive produce like our our HBO project and work on all these other projects. So thank you for advocating it for for me. All right. But you shouldn't because. All right. Well, if you're (laughs) you're going to be lazy, then I can't help you. But all right. (laughs) Everybody watch the new documentary on HBO Black and Missing. You're the greatest thing that's ever happened to mankind. Is that too much? Too much hyperbole? No, no, I like it. Are are you guys rolling on that? Can I get that? Yes. Yes. We'll send it right after the show. Send that to her. That's her her new. All my videos that. That's your new ringtone. <laughs> Love exactly. you. Please come back again soon. Please, please, please. Love you, Solo Dad. Thanks, Thanks so much. Solo. Thank Thanks you. For me. Nice to see you guys. Right. Take care. Okay. Bye bye.